You're listening to Sacks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Sacks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SacksInTheBasement.com. And welcome into Socks in the Basement. My name is Chris Lanuti. Sit down at my nine-foot homemade oak bar. Pour yourself a cold one. It is time to talk White Sox baseball for the next 30 minutes. I've got a great guest lined up today who's going to come in and shed some light, some, some knowledge, drop some truth about what Len Casper joining the White Sox broadcast team actually means not only for the White Sox but also the Chicago Cubs. He's a good friend of mine, worked in radio with him for years. He's actually been in charge of a radio station at different times in his career and a guy like Len Casper moving from one place to another actually means an awful lot. We're going to get into it. That said, the arbitration tenders happened since the last time we talked and like I said, I wasn't going to be terribly shocked. Nomar Mazzara not getting tendered does not shock me. Carlos Rodon not getting tendered does not shock me. Reynaldo Lopez getting tendered, even though I would have non-tendered him, does not shock me either. In fact, before we get to our guest, let me just give you two pitchers without telling you which ones I'm talking about. One of them, career whip of 1.379, his best single season whip, 1.26, It was also the last time he had an ERA plus of over 100. The other guy, pretty much the same. A career 1.392 whip, his best year in 2018, with his lowest walks and hits per innings pitched of 1.27. That was also the last time he had an ERA plus over 100. In fact, both of these pitchers are exactly the same. The difference is, one of them is expected to get half of the money of the other one in arbitration. And that's why Carlos Rodon and the possible four and a half million that he would have made, and he's that first player, does not get tendered, but Reynaldo Lopez and the approximate 2.2 million that he'll probably make in arbitration, half of Rodon's number does get tendered. Sox want some depth. It doesn't mean Lopez is going to be in the rotation. New pitching coach also gets a look at him before they make this decision, but this could very simply just be a money decision. So to that effect, it makes perfect sense. If the Sox are keeping one of those guys as a depth piece, you tender Lopez and let go of Carlos Rodan. Sox in the Basement is brought to you proudly by Family Waterproofing Solutions. Remember, Any issue you have with your foundation, you got seepage, you got leaking, you got window well problems. The foundation around the house is looking weird, like the sidewalk starting to rise in one place and fall in the other place. All that has to do with your basement, all that has to do with your foundation. Family Waterproofing Solutions gives you a free estimate, no pressure sales. They give you a quote, you decide when you're ready to move forward. Veteran-owned, female-owned, family-owned, and a portion of the proceeds going to first responders and veteran organizations. And you get money off if you tell them that you heard about them on Socks in the Basement. The phone number, the website, right on the Socks in the Basement logo. That's because they're our sponsor. Visit them today, famws.com. A couple of interesting right fielders fell loose during the arbitration tender non-tender period. I'm starting to fall in love with one of them. We're going to talk about that towards the back end of the show. Before that, our guest is next, right here on Socks in the Basement. 
Found everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SocksInTheBasement.com. You know, I get muscle aches all the time. I've gone from being able to do whatever I want to and not feeling any pain to basically getting pain for any kind of physical activity. Good news, there's a local family-owned Southside business that provides a CBD topical that will not break the bank. Creaky Bone Balm offers concentrated relief for creaky bones. It is an effective hemp-based CBD in a rejuvenating balm. And guess what? It's made in small batches, always free of preservatives and all natural ingredients. It's great for muscle aches, tension, inflammation, joint pain. You can even use it for skin ailments like burns and dry cracked skin. Right now, go to creakybone.com and use the promo code BASEMENT. Get 20% off your order. Whether it's physical activity or off-season stress, Creaky Bone's going to help you out. Use that promo code BASEMENT, 20% off your order, right now at creakybone.com. So the big news, Len Casper, now leaving the Cubs, 16 years in the TV booth, wants to do radio. I have a passion for radio. I totally understand that. I love doing radio. I would never want to do TV. So I don't question that move at all. But some of the things being written right now on Twitter, it's amazing how angry Cub fans are that he's leaving. A lot of people saying this shows the team is falling apart. I've gotten a good chuckle out of it, and that's why I brought a good friend of mine on. Uh, His name is Ed Siebert. Ed was my program director at one point, but also worked on my show at one point when I was doing radio. We have a very long history together broadcasting, but I want a perspective from a guy who's actually run a radio station before and how it would feel if a guy like a Len Casper came walking out the door. Let's bring him in right now. Ed, how are you? I'm good, Chris. How are you? I'm good, buddy. You know, I think it's funny, like before I even started this podcast, you and I would chat all the time about the possibility of us doing like a podcast with each other, possibly about the White Sox, because you used to come on the broadcast basement, my original podcast. And then eventually Dave and I decided to do it. And it's the first time we've been on the show. So it's, it's funny that it's taken this long to get you to come on, but I've got a good reason to have you on. And it's this Len Casper thing. What do you, what do you think about that? I mean, I was at one point was your morning guy. Uh, And if I'm not mistaken, a very highly rated morning guy, if I would have just like decided I wanted to go into television at a, at a, at a TV station and left radio or jump to another radio station, uh, tell explain to people how much that hurts or what that's like, what your reaction would be. Well, it, it's devastating in some ways if you've got the voice of your product, you know, the face of your product. Len Casper has become the Cubs as much as, for some people, more so than Harry Carey, right? Because Len's been there for what, 15 years, I think, right? Something along those lines. 16. I want to say it was 16, but yeah, right there. That is, that's, that's like changing the Cubs logo or, or suddenly their, their colors are purple and yellow or something like that, where it, it's, it's going to be such a radical change for them that, uh, you know, I, I can understand why Cubs fans are, are pissed and hurt. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they're not happy about whatever it is that led them there. I don't think the average fan is going to understand why. You know, you would want to do it, but for them to lose that, that connection to the team, especially in the wake of some of the other things that the Ricketts family has done over the past year, the marquee network in particular, which a lot of people I think are blaming on this move. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a cumulative thing. So you're going to have fans that are going to look at this and just be 
absolutely turned off by it. Uh, they are not going to have the same connection to the Cubs. Just like if you had left, you know, if you had left the station and stayed in the market, because uh, you did eventually leave the station. I was still there when you left. And there was some people who thought you were still there. But, you know, you had that kind of, you know, that kind of pull. Um, to, if you had stayed in the market, if you had stayed and just gone to, a con- uh, you know, the competition, or if you had stayed and gone and started doing a morning show on TV, yeah, we would have lost those listeners to you being on TV. Now, that's a slightly different scenario because you were the content, you know, you weren't calling a ball game. So people weren't looking like, okay, what are the Cubs doing? And I don't, I don't know if you're going to have Cubs fans that are going to become Sox fans just because of one Casper, but what they're going to do is they're just not going to like the Cubs as much. They're going to have to go through a changeover and Cubs fans haven't had this really because even throughout their history, Jack Brickhouse retired, right? He just, he got old. He stopped doing it. Uh, Harry Carey died and therefore stopped broadcasting. As you do, which you do, um, yes, that's a normal thing yeah. that happens normally after death. It's pr- pretty much uh, it's tough to get the sands going, and I don't know how good Steve Stone is with the Ouija board. Uh, this is a huge blow, I think, to Cubs fans. But as Sox fans, I'm 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 just elated. You know, I'm just so happy. <laughs> you know, I mean, you 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 nailed it right at the beginning. The whole thing of like uh, Len Casper may be bigger than Harry Carey for this generation. For the younger guys, of course he is. For the younger fan, that's a big deal. Now, remember, Harry was with the White Sox first. And most Cub fans don't even realize that he's the voice of the Cubs. Len Casper, at his age, coming over to the White Sox, if he has a Harry Carey-type career or a Vin Scully-type career, and he's with the Sox for the next 25 years doing broadcast in one way or another, he will always be known as the White Sox guy. And he's got that kind of ability to do it. He's a talented guy. It feels like we're the hot girl at the dance all of a sudden. Everybody wants to come and be part of the White Sox, and everybody's jumping ship from the north side. It's got a sting, but I'm I'm taking a, a, a little bit of pleasure in it. I'm enjoying it, even though my buddy Andy Mazur isn't the voice of the White Sox anymore on the radio. He's been on the show several times. I love Andy. But on the other hand, after you get past that point and, you know, that that stinks, but I understand it being in the media. You knew that back when you were in your time that sometimes you get replaced and Andy understands it as well. When you get past that, you, you look at this, you go, wow, the White Sox are the hot girl at the dance. Everybody wants to be with us. We're right at the beginning of a huge run and everybody sees it. Well, yeah, it, it, think about one of the things that Casper said, right? It, not only does he want to do radio because he prefers radio, and, you know, in, in, in your run-up to, to, to asking me the question, you hit on that, that you can have a passion for a certain medium, and he certainly does. But one of the things that I read was that he really wants to call a World Series. He really wants to call playoff games, and he knows he's not going to do that on a national level. He knows that Fox isn't calling to have him replace, uh, you know, have him replace Buck, and, and instead – he wants to do it on the radio, which he's not going to do on the North side because Pat Hughes isn't going anywhere until he is either retired or dead. Um, and, you know, I'm sure Len could sit there and look at this and go, hey, look, you know, just down the road here is a team that, you know, hired, uh, you know, controversially so. We, uh, you know, I, I think you guys have explored this before, but hired a Hall of Fame coach. Um, but they just got their coaching staff and, and, you know, it's world series or bust is, is what has been put out there. So you don't think that, that Len remembers calling, Ilo, you know, Eloy Jimenez's revenge Homer, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, 
And, you know, and to your point about him becoming a White Sox guy, yeah, when he was hired, when Len Casper was hired, nobody knew who he was, right? He was not from this market. And he has become more so than just the voice of the Cubs. I mean, he's really, he is a celebrity. He is a media figure. He is a big deal in this town as far as broadcasters are concerned. And, you know, take your pick between him and Benetti as far as I'm concerned, uh, as far as play-by-play guys, you know, He's, he's one of the, the top guys in, in uh, you know, really in baseball, I, I, I would argue at this point. Len Casper is really, he's just that good. So with all deference to Andy Mazur, he didn't do a bad job at all last year, and, and especially in a, you know rough circumstances, filling in for Ed Farmer. You know, once, once, again, we seem to have this theme about broadcasters dying and stopping their job. But, um, you know, Andy Mazur's pressing the service, does a fine job. And, but he's getting replaced with a premium brand. You know, Len Casper is a brand name person, and and he is very much, you know, to Sox fans who haven't listened to a lot of Cubs games and haven't watched a lot, you know, there's a lot of things that are similar between Len and Jason, where you're going to hear pop culture references. You're going to hear, you know, things beyond just a bald description of what's on the game. It is kind of a Vin Scully type of a thing where, where I think Len Casper does want to weave a story and we're going to get that. And to the extent that he hasn't been able to do that with the confines of being a TV broadcaster, and now he's able to do this in radio and assuming that, you know, I, I don't know, DJ seems to be a, there always seems to be a little bit of a transition to try and get him accustomed to whoever he's sitting in the booth with. But, um, you know, assuming that he's able to, uh, uh, you know, able to integrate that stuff and, and DJ is able to keep up with them. I think what we're going to get as Sox fans, which is fantastic, is I think we are going to get somebody who is going to be very much a storyteller. You are going to see the game through his words, which is, you know, just absolutely, uh, you know, what you want from your radio, you know, from your radio booth. And yeah, if he does this for another 25 years and Len Casper, I think is 50 years old, uh, if that, he could very easily be doing this for another couple of decades. And it will be a footnote that he started as a Cubs play-by-play guy, uh, you know, other than you're going to hear his voice on highlights from the 2016 Cubs in 25 years when we're celebrating them the way we celebrate the 85 Bears. Right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's exactly right. That, you'll hear him at that point. You know, uh, you bring up that thing about Darren Jackson, and it hit me the moment you were saying it. You know, Andy Mazur was on this show a couple of times, and every time when – the topic of him and DJ would come up. It almost felt like Andy saw it as that was Ed Farmer's booth and DJ was there. And he almost had to assimilate the DJ and find like a nice way for the two of them to work with each other. And he was very proud of the fact that he had a good working relationship with Darren Jackson before he even walked in because of his time that he knew him back in San Diego. So they got along, but he always used to stress that like, you know, uh, he's kind of already in his thing. And luckily I'm able to kind of slide in there. Len Casper doesn't need to do that. He's Len Casper. That's his booth. Uh, Day one, that's his booth. Darren Jackson is going to have to adjust to Len Casper. I think that'll be a very interesting thing. It'll be a different dynamic, I believe. For the first time, I think, in a while, Darren Jackson is going to have to be like, what's my role? Because Ed Farmer and him, they had kind of an interesting thing. Andy Mazur and him, fine. Len Casper is is like the man. He's going to walk in there and be like, this is how I'm doing things. Because he's he's not coming in as a replacement. He's coming in and that's his booth. That's obvious. Yeah, it, it, and it I think it ties into if you go back a few years to when Jim DeSantis, uh, 
Jim Deshays, it's easy for me to say, but when JD entered the, the Cubs booth, you have, um, you know, you do have a little bit of a transition period where he's trying to figure out how to work in with Len and Len Casper is dragging Jim Deshays along as a broadcaster. And he's saying, you know what, figure out where you're going to fit in with me. Don't step on me. And, you know, this is my booth. This is my story. And, you know, the, the great ones really do take command like that. And I think Len Casper is going to absolutely do that uh, with the, the Sox radio broadcast. And, you know, DJ's had an interesting run because he had Hawk, which is, you know, that's it's basically a color guy doing play-by-play. A lot of ways is what Hawk was. You know, he's telling the stories. He's, he's uh, you know, he's sharing insight into the game, and then he's complaining about the umpires, which seems a lot more like the color role than it does the, you know, the the play-by-play. Uh, and we've all heard DJ do play-by-play, and it's it's not great, we'll say. Um, <laughs> and Farmer, and remember, Farmer was a color guy too. And when John Rooney Far- leaves, Farmer was Rooney's, yeah, yeah he was, he's Rooney's color guy. You had two color guys up there basically for over a decade or so. Again, that's a Sox fan, I mean, you should be nothing but excited about this uh, because we have now, you know, really from a broadcast standpoint and from voice of the team type of stuff, you've got uh, on the TV side, you've got Jason Benetti, who nationally is, is starting to really be recognized as one of the, you know, one of the premier play-by-play men in any sport. And then you've got Len Casper, who very much is driven to become the next Finn Scully, the next great voice of baseball, and he's chosen to do it for the White Sox. And, you know, how could you not be ecstatic about that? I would say the White Sox are a really, really attractive-looking woman and not in a, like, slutty, questionable kind of way and, like, a <laughs> like kind of a kind of a classy broad. I mean, I, you know, Len Kansk is a classy accessory. Oh, Ed, before I let you out of here, i got to ask you, um, uh, we're, 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 we're talking a little bit today about the, uh, the possibilities in right field. It seems like the White Sox tried as hard as they could to get George Springer early in the market, but he's going to sit back and take his time and they may kick the tires on some other guys. He had a few names come free around the arbitration deadline. Eddie Rosario is out there now. Kyle Schwarber is out there right now. There's a, there's a few guys floating around. Is there a guy that just comes to mind to you that you're like, that's who I want right field in 2021. Not, I mean, outside of Springer, I think everybody there's there's pluses and minuses to everybody that you're going to see. Like Schwarber and, and Rosario, if you look at those two guys, you have largely the same batting profile. They're power based guys. They're going to hit home runs. Their batting average is not going to be spectacular. Uh, Schwarber historically has taken more walks than Rosario. Rosario's done a lot more striking out. Um, but you're essentially looking at a negative defender who's got plus plus power and you know fits the mold of sort of that kind of classic right fielder that we're really going to need you know we're really going to need uh uh you know to have a backup for you're going to need adam angle to come in and replace them defensively at the end of games you know that it's going to be um you know, it's not going to be really all that great. You could look at somebody like, say, Michael Brantley, who hasn't really been a great fielder, or somebody like Adam Duvall, who, you know, again, starting to fit more of a DH profile. Marcelo Zuna, the same way. You know, a lot of these guys that are out there that are outfielders outside of Springer, uh, you just have questions about them defensively, right? So 
saying that they're going to be a great answer in right field is not necessarily going to be true. You know, they're going to be somebody that we're going to look at. What I don't want to see them do is I don't want to see Jack Peterson uh, in a platoon. Uh, You know, I don't want them to go out and sign two guys to try and create one. I'd like them to find one guy. So if that's Rosario, if that's Schwarber, and we just have to put up some questionable defense, I'm okay with that. Um, I know on the international market, there's uh, Oscar Colas, who's uh, Cuban, defected, played last year uh, overseas, I believe Japan, maybe Korea, and has a pretty high profile, might be considered to be major league ready, but of course he's untested. So you've got some, you know, you've got some, some things there, but the good news is again, with the team, the same way, the same take I had on Mazzara last year when I traded for him, you don't need to have a stud out there necessarily. Springer would be a luxury in my opinion. You could have someone who is just major league average out there and it's still exactly what we need. We need a, we need a guy hitting seventh, you know? So I, I look at right field and I'm like, okay, we got to get somebody out there. I, I don't trust Adam Angle. I don't trust Larry Garcia to be an everyday outfielder. I don't think that Blake Rutherford's ready. Um, you know, th- they've got guys in the pipeline, but uh, as long as they have somebody who's going to be out there who's not going to get hurt, um, you know, who's not going to hurt them defensively, I think you're you're in good shape. I think the one guy that I would take a flyer on, if there was a flyer type of guy, would be David Dahl, who got let go by the Rockies. A lot of injury history. But 2019, he was an all-star, probably a more complete hitter than Peterson. So I, I, I think that that could be somebody who's interesting because he's also probably one of the better defensive outfielders that's out there that could actually play. Part of me, and I don't even know if it makes sense, just wants to hear Len Casper on the radio for the White Sox describing during a Sox-Cubs game how Rick Hahn originally was trying to get Kyle Schwarber and somehow ended up with Aloy Jimenez and Dylan Cease when he traded Jose Quintana away. And yet now he also has Cease, Jimenez, and Schwarber, who he acquired in the offseason, playing in this game. And that is described by Alen Casper. That'd be like a dagger through the heart on fire to the uh, team on the north side, which sometimes I have a sick satisfaction that I, I enjoy that every once in a while. I, I know you do as well, my friend. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I do. I get a kick out of it, and I shouldn't. I shouldn't do that. I always try to take the high road with it, but every once in a while, I just smirk, and I go, yeah. Like, it's fun because we're like the little, we're like the the the, the stepbrother. We're like the younger stepbrother sometimes in this town, and when we can stick the knife in and twist it, it feels good. Oh, absolutely. And don't forget the fact that Casper could be describing that while he points out that Quintana pitched well today for the Sox, uh, <laughs> go with six innings, only gave up three runs, struck out a few. Um, you know, and so he could really stick it to that by pointing out that not only did Rick Hahn trade away a pitcher that he now has, but he got the extra player that he didn't get, plus the superstar that he did get, plus the guy who's starting tomorrow. So... Um, <laughs> You know, and if, if it's all possible, the only thing you need to do there is just say, and uh, coming up in the booth with us now is Theo Epstein, the former president of the Cubs. And <laughs> he's, he's taken over some role of the White Sox. That'd be amazing. Ed Seaver, yeah. my good buddy. Look, Ed, we've got, we've got almost, we've got over two decades together, either, either in radio in some way or with podcasting. And it was a shame that it took so long to get you on the program to talk, but I'm going to have you back real soon, my friend. 
I look absolutely forward to that as much as I'm looking forward to the 2021 White Sox season. Sox in the Basement listeners, do the hard work. And if you're a hardworking man or woman on the South Side, you need to be outfitted properly. And that's why you should visit Red Wing Shoes in Evergreen Park, New Lenox, and Geneva. A work boot specialty store that carries sizes from 6 to 16 and feet as wide as 4E. A 115-year-old company that came out of Red Wing, Minnesota. And one of its largest stores in the entire Midwest is in Evergreen Park, Illinois, ever since 1976. When you're on your feet, the footwear is everything. So why not get an expert fitting? They warranty, repair, and offer free conditioning with laces. And they also carry Carhartt work clothing as well. Located at 3347 West 95th Street in Evergreen Park, Illinois, at 208 East Maple Street on Route 30 in New Lenox, or at 1749 South Randall Road in Geneva. Visit them today. You work hard. You've earned it. Red Wing Shoes. Ed's a good dude. I like talking with him. Uh, He helped me out for a long time on the Broadcast Basement Podcast. That started in 2008. Its last show was early 2020. We actually did the last few shows right at the beginning of this year before the pandemic hit. But that show was already getting ready to be wrapped up, and when the pandemic hit, it made perfect sense for us to take a break. But my first radio show ever, it would start at 2 o'clock in the morning on Saturday nights in Champaign, Illinois. Ed was my producer and engineer. Later on, I'm a number one morning guy, and he's the program director. Later on in life in a different place, I bring him in and try to get him hired on as my guy. He was like, you know that Howard Stern movie? He's got Fred. Fred just shows up with like a box, and he's ready to go, and he just joins Howard wherever he's at. That was Ed. Ed was Fred. Now he's a successful lawyer, and I do this podcast from my basement, but I would love to have him back very, very soon. That said... Let's talk about a couple of those outfielders that have shaken loose in the past couple of days and now are available through free agency. First, Kyle Schwarber. The moment he gets let go, White Sox fans go, wouldn't it be just funny to go get him? And yeah, it'd be funny, but he's way down the list. Like, Jack Peterson is higher than him. And in the end, Schwarber's the same as Peterson. You're going to have to platoon him. He's going to mash against righties and suck against lefties. But he's definitely not Peterson against righties. His career OPS against right-handed pitching is 859. That's good. An OPS plus of 110. Against lefties, an OPS plus of 62. That's 650 OPS. That's your on-base percentage plus your slugging percentage. He's hit 197 for his life against left-handed pitching. So he's a platoon guy. That's all he is. I like what Ed had to say about Eddie Rosario. When he came loose from the Twins, I immediately thought to myself, now there's a ball player. First, let's look at his splits. Unlike pretty much every right field option out there not named George Springer, Eddie Rosario brings you at least an okay approach to left-handed pitching. Like, you're probably going to have Angle get some starts when there's a lefty in there, but he doesn't necessarily have to come in and do it. The OPS is still in the 700s. The OPS Plus is at 83, but it's not abysmal. 277 lifetime batting average against left-handed pitching, which is exactly the batting average he has against right-handed pitching. 277. No matter what kind of pitcher is pitching, he hits 277 against them. The power comes along against the righties. So he's a 277 hitter with low power against lefties, and he's a 277 hitter with lots of power against righties and an OPS plus of 107 to go along with his OPS career of 818. 
I know his defense sucks, but you have Luis Robert out there in the middle of center field. He covers everything, and Adam Ingo could come in late. Rosario, to me, seems like one of those plug in and let him play for a few years until you find something you really like, and he's had some really good seasons. The guy has garnered MVP votes the last two years. Sure, it's towards the bottom of the list. I think it was 16th in the MVP voting and 17th in the last two years, but he's getting votes, and you don't need a guy in the middle of your order. You're looking for a guy that's going to be in the bottom part of your order that produces. Nomar Mazar was a hack job defensively. You're, you're telling me you expect far worse from Eddie Rosario? I don't think so. A left-handed bat, something you're looking for. We're talking about a guy who hit 32 home runs in 2019, and a guy who easily can get to or eclipse that mark in 2020 if he gets a full season. He's going to be 29. I understand that. He's not a great defensive player. I get it. There are people that are in love with Jack Peterson. They're in love with Jackie Bradley Jr., but I get the point that Ed's making right there. Why do we have to build a player out of two players in right field when we can have a guy that can start if he's hot and you're not worried about whether or not there's a lefty or righty up there, but when he's cold and there's a lefty or you want to give him a break, angles there. I would be perfectly content with Eddie Rosario in right field if you don't end up with George Springer. Thanks for tuning in to Socks in the Basement. I want you to enjoy your weekend. 30 minutes is up. It's time to move on. We will see you on Wednesday. Thank you so much for listening to this show. We continue to see the numbers go up and up and up. Congratulations to Len Casper. We'll have to have him on here very, very soon. And congrats to the White Sox PR machine. They found something exciting without having to sign a player. We'll see you midweek right here on Socks in the Basement. Found everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SocksInTheBasement.com. Bye-bye, everybody. Socks in the Basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always on socksinthebasement.com.